1: So welcome to Career Confidant, and today we are talking with Manisha Dewan, who is one of our uh, speakers for the symposium. But today, we're going to be focused on how you can be more comfortable and build your skills in speaking up at work. And this is a thing that, especially as we've gone more virtual, Manisha, people are really struggling. So tell me a little bit about yourself and why you're talking about this. This topic, what what is this topic so important to for you?
2: Yeah, thank you for having me, Marie. Really appreciate it. Excited for the symposium as well. Um, You know, it's very interesting, um, given my background, which I'll walk you through a little bit. I actually started my career working in our family business, watching my father build his company from the ground up. And I was really, really young. I didn't quite know what was going on. Uh, But I was very intrigued and fascinated by what he was doing and wanted to be a part of it. So I learned a ton from him about um, the business. He's in manufacturing. So everything from operations to sales, accounting, really tried to get involved in all facets of the business. Um, And from there, however, you know, at some point I decided, well, what more could there be for me out there? And my father, my parents were very supportive and said, go out there, spread your wings and um, let us know what you learn." So went to get my MBA and also did my undergrad at UC Irvine, uh, and from there found myself in the world of management consulting, working at firms like PwC and Deloitte, traveling to client sites, learning about new industries, new challenges they were facing, implementing a lot of organizational change and transformation. And through that process, you know, I was also trying to find my own voice outside of working in the family business. Uh, You know, how to build influence within an organization, how to navigate a complex matrixed firm, um, build my network, build relationships. And I I learned a ton. And there were a lot of struggles along the way. And now, you know, fast forward where I am today uh, with my own coaching, executive coaching and leadership development practice. A lot of the clients and I work with and people that come to me um, face similar challenges around how do we best communicate with our teams, how do we express ourselves and show some vulnerability? And, and you mentioned virtually too, right? How do we read nonverbals and uh, navigate a conversation in a hybrid or virtual environment? Things have changed so much in the world of work, um, and and also building that um, self awareness piece too to recognize how we're feeling in the moment, that emotional intelligence to be able to express ourselves. Uh, I think it's important because, as we know, things move so quickly and there can be a lot of misunderstandings, some potential conflict, feelings of resentment. If if we leave things left unsaid or we're not fully tapping into the power of our voice. I love that. And the, the voice piece, it's so interesting because it's a
1: like biological thing. Right. I mean, we have a voice. But there's the mindset, uh, confidence piece around it too. What do you think makes it ch- so challenging for people to find their voice in kind of that confidence idea? What makes that so challenging?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, and I think you hit um, you hit the chord when you said the word mindset. Now, there are people that generally have, you know, anxiety, or um, you know, we all have. We're all neurodiverse and on a continuum of. Of how we're processing information, or we're intaking it, and then how we can outwardly express ourselves or not. So, um, and then some of us might be inclined towards more introversion or extroversion. So our personalities are really, really complex. Uh, and then, of course, there are the underlying fears that come up too. How will I be perceived by my colleagues or my manager? Is it really psychologically safe to to say what I want to say, um, or to not speak up if I don't feel comfortable saying anything? Um, there can be pressure to potentially even code switch or you know step into uh, a personality that's not genuine to who we are. To conform to you know all the norms around us and so we're constantly having this like inner struggle or battle or recalibrating based on our surroundings how do we want to show up who is around us who do we trust uh, do we trust ourselves and our in our own voice really for you know it t- takes a lot of practice um, it takes practicing in that space where you can feel a little bit safe and you won't feel you won't feel judged but as you know, you know, depending on the work and the culture of the workplace, it's not always easy to to speak up. Uh, you know, a lot of people even tell me that, even in safe spaces, they're just they're just nervous and scared, and the mindset of again, how am I going to be perceived? Yes, and it's
1: that internal and external challenge because sometimes we make up that judgment, we we assume it or we perceive it. Because of our own internal things, and then of course there's the reality of that judgment and that perception, and that's often hard to tease apart too. Is this something that I'm bringing into the situation, or that is really happening from the other people in the group? And I'll just you know give an example (laughs) out myself here. But I often I don't you know something about my upbringing. I was a third of of three kids, and uh, my sisters were closer in age than me. And so I always felt left out. And what I have found that I bring even to my adult space is that I will feel left out even when there's not anything necessarily happening in the environment. And I have to step back and say, okay, is this real? Or is this that kind of family story that you're bringing with you in your in your head? And that's a challenging conversation for us, as you said, To how are we processing this? What are we going to do with that information? And then how do we assess the safety of the space, but not get that mixed up in our head (laughs) versus the real safety of the space?
2: Yeah, no, I love that you brought that up. I mean, the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we carry throughout our, our childhood, our earliest memories, um, in our family dynamics too. my, myself personally, I'm a middle child and I was used to just kind of going off in the corner in my own little imagination land. Um, and, and, uh, You know, just kind of uh, feeling a little bit unsure where I belonged um, and and really just becoming lost in my own world um, at times. So it was really hard for me to express myself. I would get withdrawn sometimes when I didn't know how to cope with my emotions. And then we bring those things into our adult in our friendships and our relationships, you know, with our our spouses or significant others, too. Uh, and, and that idea, again, of like, is this truth? Is it illusion? Is it reality? And how do we really discern the difference? And that that mental dialogue we're having with ourselves to take a step back and saying, wait, wait a minute. Am I making an assumption here? Perhaps misinterpreting something? And it's really hard to do that in the moment, right? Because we're getting fired up with our emotions. We might be feeling excluded. Uh, maybe someone is excluding us without, uh, not intentionally, but Um, You know, I think what you're mentioning and hitting on is is really knowing our trigger points. Why did I feel triggered in that moment? Um, You know, what what could really be happening? What's a more empowering way to look at the situation and just continuing to learn and give ourselves and other people grace, too, because, you know, some people might be showing up and carrying their stories into the interaction, too. So that creates an interesting interplay when we're both bringing up um, potential perceptions or misperceptions. And I love the analogy of, you know, um, if you think about like optical illusions, if you've ever seen a drawing where it's like, well, do you see um, a lady in the field or do you see a bird or what do you actually see in this drawing? I don't know if you've seen some of those optical illusions before. Um, and then what's the correct answer? And it really is maybe all of it, right? Like we we it's whatever we decide and, and choose to see that really drives our reality and being mindful that we're creating our reality in each moment we are making those assumptions. Yes, well, and so you
1: talked about the trigger point and then kind of recognizing where you're coming from or what your perception is that you're bringing in. What other ways can people start to get their voice, start to use their voice in those situations where they want to.
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, practicing with someone that you really trust and talking through, like, here's a situation or scenario I'm going through. Can we role play this for a bit? Um, Even like recording yourself and playing back what you hear. Sometimes we don't always know what we sound like and it's kind of sometimes awkward to do that. Uh, For me, writing down helps a lot too. Writing down what I might say so that I can get concise Um, sometimes we just get in our heads and we're trying to interject at work in the right appropriate moment in a meeting. And especially like virtually, it's hard to know when to do that. Um, I think also being mindful of everybody else in the space and speaking up to say, well, you know, we haven't heard from you Marie lately. Like, what do you think? And if you're empowered and in a position to do that, just trying to always be aware of the environment, who's speaking up, who is not speaking up as much, Yes. So just really, um, you know, reminding people that their voice does matter and that does carry value, I think will help people feel more comfortable. And then telling ourselves that, too. You know, I do have something important to say. Um, Why don't I just try it out? What's the worst that could happen? And um, again, practicing as much as we can uh writing it down I mentioned sorry I lost my time was it maybe pause or no we're good <laughs> <Okay. Sorry. laughs> I wasn't sure what happened there but yes hopefully you got all that <laughs> well and that's
1: I love the idea of, like you said of thinking about it outside of the situation to processing it maybe afterwards whether that's journaling and then I don't know if there's any steps that you recommend people take before they're going to go into a situation where they typically would have a challenge. So like a networking situation or a meet meeting, Um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll dive into that. So what could you do to prepare before you go into a situation where you realized in the past, you have those challenges. And then maybe what are some of those things you could do in that moment too? to remember. So we process ahead of time, but I don't know about you. Then I get into the situation and I have to have some kind of trigger to stop myself and implement what it was that I wanted to do when I was there as well. One short example, when I go to networking events, I am very timid and I've learned through some great trainers in my life, you know, that I have to walk in with that uh, five-year-old smile and three seconds of courage and that helps make sure I don't walk in awkward because if I walk in awkward, it's kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Now one no wants to talk to me because I'm awkward. <laughs> Versus if I walk in with that assumption that I mean, you think of and I have a six-year-old, so I think about that. Like my six-year-old enters every room, like everyone there is gonna love him. And when we can do that, that energy will come back to us. So I prepare for that, but then I also have to like take that deep breath and get ready and do it right before I walk in. So we're gonna take a short break and when we get back, we'll dive into a few other thoughts about how you might prepare to have your voice with you. (laughs) Take your voice with you when you go to that important meeting or event. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
3: You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation.
2: Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain.
0: Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Well, we're back with Manisha Dwan, and we've been talking about how you can find your voice and speak up when you want to be seen, right? When you want to be heard, whether that's in a meeting or at an event. So Manisha, tell me a little bit about some other tips and tricks that you see work for people who are struggling to promote themselves and speak up.
2: Uh, Yeah, so really important, I think too, is just to know your audience, maybe try to do some research ahead of time and see who is going to be in the room so that you can come prepared, um, prepare some thoughtful questions as well some open-ended questions that could elicit some interesting dialogue, and you know you don't always have to necessarily use your voice all the time. You can also take a moment to to really listen, uh, and that will help you then prepare. Okay, what what might I want to um, say next, but not with that anticipation of, okay, it's my turn to speak now, but how can I really show empathy to the person that I'm speaking with, show that I'm listening, play back what I'm hearing, clarify what it is that I'm learning from them. Um, and that's, I think, really powerful for us to be able to exercise our voice in a really authentic way, you know, to, to create a conversation where other people feel safe as well. Um, you know, we talked about breathing for a second, too. I think that's huge. I mean, the exercise of really breathing can calm our nerves down and um, and make us feel like, you know, uh, reduce some of that anxiety that creeps up if we are going into a networking event and maybe reframing it to mean something like what you're saying. You know, am I the potentially the six-year-old that's just having fun and walking into a party and hi, everyone? Or it's like, okay, everybody in this room is awkward. And it's just me. So it's, I'm not alone in this situation at all. And and then again, just taking a moment to reflect and, and, give, and celebrate like, wow, I showed up, I tried my best. Um, I made it to this event, even if I only talked to one person. Um, so those are some things I would recommend. I think the reframe is important too. I just want to build a genuine connection, have a nice conversation with somebody um, and see where it goes. And you're going to have to give yourself permission to um, to make some, you know, mistakes here and there. If you, if you call them mistakes, I like to think them as more of learning opportunities and you're, and just harnessing the power of your voice and and reframing how you view your voice. Your voice is an instrument that can be used to heal a situation. You know, we have the words that we use and the words that we choose can be very, very powerful. Um, so just keeping that in mind as well.
1: I love the preparation. So, you know, kind of shifting from the networking event to maybe a work meeting or a work event, doing some preparation ahead of time, understanding who's going to be there. What are the topics? What might the possible agenda be? Can I think of some questions I might ask in that situation? Because that might be the best way to show up in some of those situations is just having that, good question. Maybe you're not a presenter. It's not your, you know, it's not your thing to run the meeting, but you could ask that great question. It doesn't have to be a great question. You just ask a question that you've thought through. And for someone who's not as, I'm just going to use extroverted for lack of a better word, someone who is more cautious in those situations, a question can be great because as you said, then it's reflecting it back. You're keeping the conversation going without putting the emphasis on yourself, but yet you're still using your voice. You're showing up. You're giving people a chance to see that you've done enough research to ask that question. Exactly. that. Yeah. And then any other thoughts, if people are in that work situation or the meeting or, feel like they're kind of getting lost in the shuffle, maybe even virtually, since we've got a lot of people working virtually, how can they use their their voice in those situations to get some visibility or not get kind of passed over?
2: Yeah, and I think virtually too, also using other tools like chat and um, maybe even following up after the meeting in an email or saying, you know, I had a thought um, that I wanted to share with you so that your voice doesn't end just because the meeting ends, it can continue on. You know, I remember uh, several meetings <laughs> that I've been in where I felt like I was the most quiet person in the room, and there was something inside me fighting to speak up. And like, I need to add value, I need to contribute, I don't want to be forgotten or lost in the shuffle. Uh, and 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 I think that in itself was causing so much stress in me that I just clammed up and <laughs> didn't even say anything. So just you know, again, that breath easing into the room, paying attention to who's saying what, kind of being an observer in the moment. Um, And that's when you can start to, I think, really contribute in a more meaningful way, not by quantity, but by quality. Uh, I had a couple really intense meetings where um, it it was actually one of my managers who just kind of dominated the entire meeting. And um, I just kept taking notes and a few things that were coming up. And in the minute where I found a, a chance to speak up, or even I just, you know, there was a time where I actually got enough confidence to say, well, hold on a second. I Can I, can I say something here? Um, I have something to say. And not being afraid to do that, uh, that was took a lot of practice for me. But when I started to do that and then people turned around to me and listen I was like, oh my gosh, people are listening to me now. What am I going to say? So I'd go back to my note and I would say like maybe one sentence and the whole room was like, wow, that's a really great question. We hadn't thought about that before because maybe they were spending more time talking than really listening and observing in the room. So don't be afraid to speak up and say, I have something to say, or I'm not finished speaking yet. Or um, can I interject my thoughts? Can I even contribute and add something to the agenda next time so that it doesn't get lost? Can we put it in the parking lot? Um, So there's different techniques and and strategies to use in the middle of a meeting. And again, virtually using those tools um, like chat or raising your hand or reactions to just get, someone's attention, um, and and then being prepared with what you you want to say as much as possible.
1: I love that. And the listening, you said that when we were talking about networking events too, the listening with the intent to understand, not necessarily the intent of what am I going to say, but that intent of what am I saying, what is being said, so that when I do contribute, it can be really meaningful. And for a, a maybe more introverted person, that is perhaps their strength that listening, the synthesizing, and it does take some time to put those things together, but you can still speak up, whether that's during the meeting if there's time, or as you said, afterwards, or I love the idea of contacting the person that whatever is leading the meeting and saying I have something for the agenda next time. All of those strategies can work great for someone who may not want to interject as quickly. It doesn't mean you can't say, well, let's go back to this thing for a minute because I had a question. Even if it takes you longer to form your your thought, doesn't mean it's not a great opportunity to, to step in. Uh, so I love those ideas. So we've been talking about this specific skill of, of using your voice and, and communicating and that emotional intelligence of knowing when to do those things. But this is under that bigger umbrella of upskilling. And this is an area where you've been doing some work recently the whole idea of upskilling. So tell us a little bit about what it is and why it's so important right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, thank you for that. Upskilling, you know, it really, there's different definitions of it, but it could be developing and furthering competencies in your existing role. We'd say like new skilling, -skilling, cross-skilling, upskilling, reskilling. There's so many terms now. Um, Reskilling to pivot maybe to some um, other skills and strengths that you want to learn. And for me, I just boil it down to developing a mindset of continual learning and learning agility um, and and investing in your own development as well, because not every organization will necessarily be able to do that in the way that maybe you want to learn and and the topics that you're interested in. You know, I I think I was reading a statistic that some people believe, it was like 40%, people believe that their job is going to be automated in the next five years or so. Um, There is a desire to upskill around 70% or so people want that but they may not necessarily be getting that from their employer. So then what do you do? How do you keep yourself relevant and marketable as the job market continues to fluctuate and change as we're seeing you know, economic, macroeconomic fluctuations and downturns and, and to just kind of keep yourself resilient no matter what is going on externally or even within an organization. I know a lot of companies are thinking about restructuring and fundamentally shifting how their business units operate. Um, We're seeing some layoffs as well in in the workforce, Uh, but, you know, also people still hiring depending on the skill set. So as an individual person, when you see all of this happening around you, what can you do? How can you take ownership of your career, again, to stay relevant and um, to continue upgrading and upskilling yourself as your career is going to potentially um, be longer in terms of number of years as we're continuing to live longer? You know, we might want to make pivots. Um, transition our career to some, a, a completely new field. And, and so I think it's really super important to just always have that in the back of your mind of what, what more could I be learning?
1: Yes. And to identify those gaps, like you said, if you think your job is going to be automated, what will you need to know how to do to get the job that that's going to create? Because the World Economic Forum, and this was 2020 data, but they said, they you know i think their data was around 14% of jobs were going to be eliminated because of automation which was much lower than some other predictions but that it was going to create more jobs than it was going to eliminate and that's really the goal with this reskilling or upskilling is to figure out what is going to be what's going to be next but that we don't necessarily have to change careers if you want to there might be opportunity but that whatever it is even in your own sphere that technology is likely going to create a job as well if you have the foresight and and things to to pivot into that so i love that focus and just helping people think about, it doesn't mean like your job is going to go away. It's just mm-hmm. going to change and you'll need to have the skills to do that job. So I love that. Um, tell people how they can find you, how they can connect with you. And then you're going to be at our symposium in San Diego on March 29th. So, you know, we still have registration open and people can still join us live there, but if they're not able to do that, where else can they find your content?
2: No, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and and just to echo what you just said, you know, the world is shifting, things might get automated, but we're also creating a lot of new net new things. We don't actually know necessarily where things are going to be headed, but if you just continue to develop that mindset of, you know, can I look at myself, assess myself, where are things headed, what are the gaps, what are the steps I need to take to to learn this new skill? Um, And then thinking about those skills that are transferable and and probably going to continue to be important, like the leadership skills. We talked about communication, emotional intelligence. So I'm super excited to talk about this more during the symposium. Um, And you can reach me a few ways through my LinkedIn profile, Manisha Dewan. You can find me on LinkedIn, on social media. Um, You can reach me at Manisha at empathcoaching. That's M-P-A-T-H coaching.com. That's my email address. Um, And I'd love to connect and continue the conversation. Excellent. Well, I know we have some career services
1: providers that are watching and if they're not able to join us in in San Diego, they'll be excited to follow along on LinkedIn because this is such a big topic in the career space. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to take a short break. We'll say goodbye to Manisha, but we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
3: Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation.
0: Small businesses are in trouble and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guests today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to the Career Confidant.
1: Well, as we had the conversation with Manisha about upskilling I just started to think about how important it is for us to find our unique path to whatever the next step in our career looks like and for a lot of us this is intimidating what's new and it's overwhelming and i was overwhelmed yesterday i was sitting in a session about ai in marketing and the gentleman was talking about how Chat GBT, and did they just release their new version? And Google's re- releasing Palm, and these new systems are releasing video, you know, text to video. And in certain careers, not in all careers, but in certain careers right now, it's very overwhelming to stay on top of all of this. And as Manisha was talking, I was just thinking, you know, this is the recentering, the recentering that we were talking about in terms of finding your voice also applies to our careers and how we recenter that this is who we are, this is what we're great at, and yet this is what we need to do next. It's not that we're becoming a different person, we're, we're changing, we've got to start over. That can be that piece of it that feels overwhelming or that our job is gonna be eliminated, which can be scary. Those things that are elicinate, eliciting that fear or that anxiety oftentimes then we have to kind of walk it back because that reaction isn't helpful reaction isn't productive so we've got to walk it back and say okay what am i going to do with this information that i can handle because otherwise i just stick my you know head in the sand tuck into the turtle whatever analogy you want to take and i'm not doing anything to not get left behind and we've got to find that balance for ourselves you know of challenge and support we've got a little challenge right now to learn to advance our skills but we've also got to find that that support one of my mentors used to get a rubber band and stretch out that rubber band and say you know when you're when the distance between where you are and where you want to be Is too big you feel all of this tension and that's that fear that's that that, that's the paralyzation that happens so we've got to figure out a way to close that gap now we can close that gap by kind of putting our head in the sand and saying i'm not going to try or we can close that gap by creating some milestones and steps along the way so that the tension comes down because now we're only focused on this first milestone so what is that first milestone for you in your job? If you're feeling this tension, you're feeling that stretch, it might be to get really clear on what matters to you. What do you love to do? What do you want people to see you as? You know, What do you stand for? What's your one word of what you want to be known for? Because when you know that, Then you can say, here's all the opportunities out there, but I'm just going to worry about these things that align with what I want to be known for. And I'm going to learn what I can about those. I'm going to upskill in those areas and not forget about the rest, but just put the rest on the back burner for right now, because at least I'm making those steps. I'm taking action. I'm not sitting back here with my head in the sand, pretending that it's not going to happen. And the, the room, that the session that I was in on AI and marketing, the room was packed. They had to close it down, stop letting people in. And I thought, this is awesome. People are here not sticking their head in the sand, not saying that this isn't going to matter or you know, finding another job because this is going to take my job. They're here to learn how to use the tools to be better at their job. And to do that, we also have to have a little bit of hope. Now, hope is not a, like, I wish and hope, and it's kind of this um, concept, right? Hope is that I believe it can be better, but I also see some strategies to make it better. Hope is tangible, and a lot of times we don't think about hope that way, and I used to not love the talk around hope and careers because I thought it was this kind of fluffy cloud, but hope is not the fluffy cloud. Hope is the path forward. Hope is that I can see and make those changes, and that's what we have to create for ourselves. So I can see where I want to go or I can see this change that's happening and I'm going to walk it through to the path. Now we can't see everything. We can't see everything that's going to happen. Nobody could. I mean, even the people that created ChatGPT didn't know that this was going to happen when they released it. Right, They just thought they were working on this cool project. And then the story goes, at least, that the the person came in and said, we're going to release this. And they said, what? Like, they didn't know. So there's pieces of it we can't know. We want to focus on what we do know, what we can see, the shifts we can see, and to learning as much as as we can about those and and learning as much as we can about the things that matter based on who we are and what we want to be known for. And then starting to work those steps to get to that point. So, for instance, I've been talking a lot about how resume writers starting to use chat GPT in resume writing. There's a lot of different things we don't know about how it can be used and those types of things. And there's some fray that I don't think it's that helpful with. But let's focus on the things we can use it for, getting comfortable with those because then we'll be ready to take the next little piece when we find that next thing that is beneficial. And if we don't take the small step, we'll never be ready for the next step, right? And so taking that little risk, whatever that looks like for you, taking that little step to learn one thing, learn to do one thing, in the new system or the new technology or the new way that it looks like your work is going to be done, whatever that might mean, it might have nothing to do with ChatGPT. But if you start to gain those skills one by one, you're stretching, you're learning, you're staying with that you know group of people that is making those steps so that you can continue learning from them. And you may not be the fastest in the race. That doesn't matter. You don't have to be the early adopter. And in fact, it might be better not to be so that you're just learning what you need as you go, but you're not sitting back here behind behind the starting line, pretending that there isn't a race to be run. This is that balance that we have to find for ourselves, both in our, our work and our kind of challenge versus support how far we want to stretch, if you will, and also in our work-life balance. And this is one of those areas where we've had a lot of talk about how important it is for self-care and to find balance. And I agree with all of that. And then we look on the other side and we say, and there's some benefit to not keeping up with the Joneses because we don't want to do that. But there is some benefit to making sure we're not doing those things as I stick my head in the sand place, because that's not going to serve us long-term. Then we're going to end up in the like, oh my goodness, now I've got to catch up because I was over here taking a break on the beach. (laughs) Not a bad thing to do, but we have to make sure it's not a mechanism of hiding. There's that balance of we all want to be engaged in the future of the world in some way. And how do we find that balance of not getting caught up in, you know, the people talk about the hustle culture, but yet also making sure that we're paying attention and being involved enough to get where we wanna go in the future and have what we want to have in terms of not just money but the participation the intellectual conversations the engagement with our communities because all of that is going to shift with the technology whether you're talking about human you know humanitarian type of work that is going to shift with this technology too and if we're not on top of the technology we're not going to be able to help our communities the way that we want to and to be engaged in the way that we could be the most helpful and that's what this is really all about is finding what matters to you and the work that you want to do what are the tools that you could involve and engage to do your work better and what skills do you need to be able to do that and all of that is shifting but that doesn't that we can't get started. It doesn't mean that we can't take the first step. It doesn't mean that, you know, now ChatGBT can write code, but that doesn't mean that taking a coding class is a bad idea because there will still be coders who have to put the right input into ChatGBT. If you put in junk, you get out junk. That's true with anything, writing uh, any of those functions you might use it for. There are still gonna be people on the back end that have to test and make sure it does what it does and fix it when it doesn't. And so the jobs surrounding these tools are still going to be there, but you're going to have to know how to use the tool as part of your job. You don't have to know it all today. Just take one little gap, one little bite, and start figuring out how it tastes. And if that's the direction you want to keep going, or if there's a pivot that you want to make, but guess what? Almost every pivot that you're going to make is going to involve change and it's going to involve some kind of technology. So make sure you're not making that pivot just to get away from that. Maybe the way you implement it or the way it's used or the skills that you use when you engage with it, all of those are, are excellent things to pay attention to. It's still going to be a part of almost every job. And how do we engage that as we move forward? I mean, I think about, uh, you know, people running machinery and how much the technology that runs that machinery has changed and how much it will change now because it, too, will get AI and will have more complex ways of interacting with it. And those professionals that run, you know, CNC mills and those types of things will have to upskill their technology knowledge as well. We're gonna take a short break and when we come back, I'm gonna talk a little bit about how this is impacting digital branding and LinkedIn. You may have seen some tools that are coming on LinkedIn that will include AI to write you a better profile and what you wanna be careful of and aware of if you're using those tools or if you're helping clients use those tools. We'll take a short break and be back in just a few minutes.
0: See what Voice America is up to behind the scenes. Behind Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio.
3: You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
1: the information from LinkedIn that they've just announced a LinkedIn AI tool that will add keyword optimization to your profile and even help you post. They've been piloting this for a while. I've seen LinkedIn suggested lead-ins for posts and they've had lead-ins for comments. Those have all been AI generated. And for a while they've had a tool where you could put your profile in and LinkedIn would suggest certain keywords to add to your profile based on a job description. Now they're taking that to the next level where LinkedIn can optimize your profile for search optimization based on whatever you put into it. I've played around with these tools a little bit on ChatGBT and they'll be similar in LinkedIn. And here are a few things to watch for. What I've noticed in ChatGBT is when you put in a resume and you ask it to optimize it for keywords, It makes it more generic. And I love this phrase. My colleague Deb Dib just spouted this out today. It commoditizes your content. So now whatever it was that you had in there is going to sound like everyone else. Be careful of this. So it's fine to use those tools, but you want to look at what are the changes that they're making and how can I rework that content without losing the SEO but with losing the commoditized content, because no one wants to sound like everyone else and no one wants to read a profile that says, results oriented customer service professional, all of those tired and overused phrases, it's putting back into your profile, which aren't necessarily even search optimized because no one's searching for a results oriented sales professional. I can bet you that because they'd get a ton of junk results. So be careful of that, these overused phrases that, that AI might be putting in, and maybe LinkedIn's will be better than Chat GBT's, but I've definitely seen that with Chat GBT. You want your story, you want your content, and then have it help you put in the keywords. If you find that it is making it generic junk, which pretty much, I mean, they're easy to it's easy to catch. When it rewrites it and you think, bleh, this sounds like it was pulled out of you know, everybody else's books. Yes, it probably was. Rewrite it with your stories and then go and double check the keywords using the LinkedIn resume tool where it shows you the keywords that might be missing without rewriting your content to the commodity content. You don't want to let this make you into blah on LinkedIn. You still want to have your stories, your, you know, how did you get into this type of work or why are you passionate about it? Or who are you? Those are the stories that make people want to read your profile. And guess what? If you take the time to put those stories into your profile, you actually stand out even more now because everybody's going to use that SEO tool to optimize their profile and walk away with the same generic junk that we had 10 years ago in resumes that we've finally got most of our professional writers not using, and now the AI is bringing it back. Be careful of that. Use the tools, see what it does. You know, maybe it will be improved. And if you start to see those overused phrases, accomplished, seasoned, you know, a lot of them are adjectives or some of the like title words that aren't necessarily beneficial and descriptor words that talk about you in a way you would never talk about yourself. Those are not part of the SEO. No one's searching for a seasoned manager. Don't let that fool you. You can go to LinkedIn Explorer. You can go to the LinkedIn resume feature and see what the actual keywords are that it might be trying to optimize for and get rid of the generic stuff. Put in your own content again, while making sure you leave those SEO terms that someone might actually be searching for. And again, you can find those in the Resume Builder feature in LinkedIn. It will show you these little green check marks of these are the the terms that you want, or you can use LinkedIn Explorer just look it up. It's a GitHub site. It's actually completely detached from LinkedIn on the front side, at least. So you can search for the the correct skill words there as well. That is the SEO that matters. And you want to play around with the tool. You want to see the benefit it could have. Maybe it'll give you some great statements that you can use, but just be careful of that generic commoditized content that it will likely create for you and how you can scrub that out again with a little bit of editing before you finalize your profile. So use the tools, test them out, see what they look like, but be careful of that generic content. Same is true when you're going to ChatGBT and it's helping you with your resume. And you know, I know they say, oh, you can put your resume in there and it will target it. I've done that. I've practiced it. And it takes out all my accomplishments. It takes out my specifics about the person and puts in this generic junk. We don't want that. We want to be careful about the final content that what we put forward, one being us showing our personality, having our specific accomplishments in it. And two, being accurate, because ChatGPT will also make up accomplishments for you and you don't want to submit something that says you increased sales 50% and then you get to the interview and you have to speak to that and you can't because it was a ChatGPT-generated accomplishment and not your actual story. It gives you some great thoughts about what types of stories you should have and the type of language you might use to tell those stories. So use it. And figure out what you can get from it to be helpful for yourself and then go in and make sure you've got your personality and your stories, because that's what's going to stand out from the commoditized content that ChatGBT is putting out and is going to be more prevalent on resumes and cover letters tomorrow than it was yesterday. We'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. We've got a great lineup of guests for you. And if there's a a topic that you would like us to address, please feel free to reach out and let us know. You can always reach out to me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And if you like this content, you want to get some more, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well and uh, we've always got great new content coming out every week on the career thought leaders youtube channel we will see you right back here again next week on the career confidant
0: thank you for listening to the career confidant marie Zimenoff will return again with another terrific guest next monday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific on the voice america business channel Be sure to join us then.